Welcome to the VSA Morning Miner. It's Thursday the 29th of July and I'm David Scriven, Head of Sales, and I'm filling in the shoes for our dear leader, or should I say golf shoes, and we'll stick to that theme. theme. So it's work from Kent and not from Cornwall, and wearing the green jacket is Paul Rankin. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, David? Very good indeed, thanks. So let's kick off with <clears throat> base resources. Noted that um, they're getting better pricing in mineral sands, but the costs are going up. And I'm thinking of our favoured stock, PIX resources, where they're getting better pricing and costs are going down because they're looking to transition from uh, in, uh, to um, in-house mining. Yes, that's right. Uh, with base resources, they're more or less keeping things relatively steady here because they did make the move to the South Dunes uh, production area not that long ago. So the numbers we're seeing here are, are from my viewpoint, uh, pretty steady here at this point, uh, even though the costs are rising a little bit. And the, they've managed to deal with some of the COVID-19 issues too that have uh, impacted their particular uh, area and site over the last several months. So it's looking like strong, uh, a relatively strong uh, report from them. And the improvement in the uh, minerals prices uh, for all of the mineral sands players is uh, just uh, playing it to their uh, benefit for sure. Good stuff. And then uh, Salt Lake, could you comment on that? You've had a little, a, a little look at them? Yes, this is dual listed Salt Lake Potash, uh, listed both in London and the uh, in Australia. This is a comment on the uh, change of uh, plans to somewhat uh, on the uh, development schedule for the Lakeway Brine Potash project in West Australia that they have. They've decided to suspend initial plant feed program uh, after processing about a little over 100,000 tons of salts in order to allow the salt ponds to uh, uh, to precipitate uh, higher before continuing the harvesting activities. And as a result, they see that they will drop their um, sulfate of potash production for the fiscal year 2022 by uh, roughly 40% or so uh, to around the range of uh, 100,000 tons for the that fiscal year. It isn't expected to impact the production levels uh, beyond year 2022. But it, it probably is a little bit of a disappointment for uh, investors as far as uh, as far as revenues uh, that will be attributable over the next 12 months or so. The Salt Lake Potash uh, price has been uh, sliding uh, here for a good many months, uh, certainly since October or so. So some of this has probably been uh, tipped uh, in, into investor visits and and. Uh, a commentary from management to investors in the past, but this is a formal uh, recognition that they are slowing the processing rate a little bit here. Very good. Should we move on to some really strong um, results from Johnson Mathy? I'll let you talk about the Johnson results a little bit because the only thing that I saw from Johnson itself was the uh, appointment of uh, Rita Forrest as non-executive director. Um, she was appointed uh, from uh, her takes up post from the 4th of October and she has uh, about 35 years of experience with the Opal Europe a subsidiary of General Motors. So well-established person for uh, dealing with the auto industry as far as Johnson Matthews products is concerned. 
Well, I would, I would guide investors when they have a chance to have a look at the hydrogen and battery materials section, which is um, uh, very interesting and, and very positive on uh, both aspects of, of that. So in terms of other results which have come out, which were EBITDA of 12.1 billion versus an estimate of 11.5, Anglo-Americans were, were pretty robust. Yes, that's right. Uh, so, and we also uh, had a report out today uh, or yesterday, late yesterday from Impala Platinum uh, with uh, their uh, production numbers as well. And they, they're showing uh, also very uh, good uh, volumes uh, as well as the robust uh, reflection of the big change in PGM prices. So all of these players uh, in these uh, uh, battery materials in the uh, uh, relatively precious metal space are enjoying uh, good times at the moment. Yeah, I think also that we've got to keep a little bit of an eye on costs because um, in Fortescue's results, which were again very strong on the iron ore shipments, their costs were up and labor's become skilled labor's becoming a bit of an issue. And in Varley's case, it was freight costs. So uh, is that a concern or can these companies navigate around this? They can navigate around this. Uh, there is expected to be some softening in demand from the steel producers uh, over the coming uh, months to the end of the year here, which should uh, put a little bit of a slowdown on the pricing or demand side. Uh, one of the issues that the Australians are having in particular is being able to move people around because of, of the stringency of lockdown measures uh, uh, that uh, are playing out uh, with the uh, uh, rising infection rates of COVID from the Delta variant there. And that's also impacting the means by which uh, uh, employees may choose to live closer to home as a result rather than more fly-in, fly-out relationships to stay closer to family in that regard. So it's the West Australian players that'll have uh, more difficulty, I would say, uh, if the COVID uh, gets a firmer foothold in Australia. Fair enough. I think we've actually got to the 18th in the golf theme. So unless you've got something specific that you, you, you'd like to mention, I'll just sort of end saying keep an eye out for the um, Escondida Union and whether they um, reject that BHP offer. So that'll be quite interesting for copper markets. But anything else, uh, Paul? Otherwise, we'll round it up. That's good for me today. Thank you very much.